rockzone.com. Now, get ready for the hottest talk show of the year, Crime Time Live, with your host, renowned attorney Scott Weinberg. Brought to you by Clear Channel Radio and TalkZone.com. Discuss all the sizzling hot case-making headline news today and how you can protect your rights. And now, here's your host, Scott Weinberg. Good morning, America. Ooh, bright and sunny day here at 1310 a.m. here in Detroit. Just trying to protect all your rights. We're going to be talking about a lot of different things here on, obviously, the ninth anniversary of 9-11. Tragic day nine years ago where we're trying to come back, trying to protect not only ourselves from everybody else around the world, but also our own government. First question of the day, should Michigan have the death penalty? Well, we're a, well, a convicted killer thinks so. We'll talk about the killer who pled guilty uh, to a 2009 murder of a 68-year-old woman in Warren, Michigan, and discuss it. Is it time for Michigan, or any other state for that matter, to have the death penalty? Can standing on the side of the road get you killed? Well, we're going to talk about that, too. You betcha. We'll we'll discuss the recent death, just so tragic, of the policeman who was killed by a car while he was standing helping a stranded motorist. Question of the day. Should people who commit crimes then run be held to a different standard? Because I tell you, I've represented hundreds of cases throughout the years. Hundreds that the judges just don't want people who run away to get away with it. And of course, on the ninth anniversary of 9-11, are we more divided as a culture? Muslims, Americans, Jews around this country and here in Detroit. Or what we learned from the past? Are we more likely to come together to protect ourselves and the people hell-bent on destroying us? Or are we just as vulnerable as ever? We're going to come back. We're going to talk about that and take your questions and your calls. We're going to protect your rights all over America here on Scott Weinberg on Crime Time Live. Come right back. Have you or a loved one been arrested or charged with a crime? Do you want to stay out of jail and keep your record clean? Hi, I'm attorney Scott Weinberg, host of Crime Time Live, heard Saturday mornings 11 to 12 noon on 1310 WDTW. Call my office anytime to protect your rights at 1-800-NO-JAIL, the number one, or go to our website at 1-800-NO-JAIL-1.com. We have payment plans for everyone's budget. There should never be a price on protecting your rights. Call 1-800-NO-JAIL, the number one. One right now. Non-stop talk radio, streaming 24 hours a day. TalkZone.com. TalkZone.com. Good morning back here. Oh my goodness, I want to talk about this death penalty here in Michigan. You know, we had a recent case just here in uh, Macomb County. Do you feel that someone who asks for a death penalty should get it? Should we let people who that are convicted of crimes spell out their own sentence? Well, that's what happened here in Warren. That's what happened in Mount Clemens the other day. Before he was ordered to serve a mandatory life sentence Thursday, 
William Tomlin's dumb lad Jr. told the children of the woman he brutally murdered that he would rather be put to death. If Michigan had the death penalty, I'd be here pleading guilty to that too, Dunlap said before Circuit Court Judge Miller. The sentence is just. I deserve it or worse, he says. I want to know. I want you to know that I will never be on the street again. Should we decide in Michigan that we should have the death penalty? You can join the conversation here at 248-848-1130. That's 248-848-1130. We're here on Crime Time Live. And, you know, whenever you get these kind of cases, you get serious cases, rape cases, arson that causes death, murder cases, and it always comes back up. Should we have the death penalty in Michigan? And should someone make the choice if that's what they want to do, if they're just willing to give up? Because it doesn't really make that big of a difference to the family when someone's lost someone. They want justice, but they want their family member back. But does having someone put to death help with that? You can join us at 248-848-1130. And that's what happened actually in the courtroom. The family says his words don't mean anything. They don't mean anything. Comes from the youngest son, the youngest son James Wolfe of, uh, of the deceased. You have no conscience, he says, when you commit a crime like this. It's not that they can ever forgive him. You know what I mean? It's not that they will ever have their loved one back. Oh, I don't know. Maybe they will forgive him, but that's not going to bring their loved one back. But in Michigan, we've gone back and forth about the death penalty for years and years, all over the country, too. You know, let's face it. They had it in Texas. They suspended it. They've had it in many different states and suspended it. We have the federal death penalty, but should Michigan have the death penalty here. We're going to talk to Corey from Southgate. Corey, what do you think? Should we have the death penalty back in Michigan? I think that I think that uh, if somebody's sentenced, I think it. I think if somebody's sentenced to life in prison. Hey, Corey, do me a favor. Corey, turn your uh, turn your radio down. You're going to hear yourself talk in the background. Yeah. So you think if we have someone sent? Well, first of all, there is no death penalty in Michigan unless it's federal, Corey. So right now, we got to decide, should we bring it to Michigan, like it has been in different states and like it is federally, should we bring think, it to I, Michigan? I think we should have the death penalty in Michigan. Why is that? Uh, if, because if, if somebody kills somebody, they should uh, they should reap the consequences. But also, I see the other side. My dogs are barking. Sorry about that. But... I also see the other side who says that we shouldn't have the death penalty because uh, they'd rather see the person rot in jail. But, I mean, if somebody's sentenced to life in prison, then they should they should have the decision to uh, take the death penalty instead. So you think that the, the, the defendant who's either pled guilty or who's convicted should choose himself if he wants to spend his life in prison or if he wants to be put to death? Yeah. See, that's a that's an interesting concept to leave your sentence up to uh, up to the defendant as opposed to up to the judge. Or in many death penalty cases, obviously around the country, the way they do it is they have a separate hearing, or even a it's basically a separate decision by the jury to decide if they should put him to death or I, have life in prison. 
I also believe that they should leave it up to they should also leave up to leave that up to the family of the defendant. You mean of the not of the of the victims, yeah. They should leave it up to the family of the victim whether they want him to rot in jail or they want him to just put him to death. I don't know. I think it's an interesting concept to be able to leave up the sentence and the punishment to the victim of a crime. You know, in lesser type of crimes, not uh, murder cases, but let's say like a domestic violence case. You know, many times the judge will say, ma'am, what do you want to see happen? Uh, let's say it's a spouse case. They'll say, I've had hundreds of cases over the years while stand there with the defendant, and the judge isn't going to make the decision. He's going to say, well, ma'am, what do you want to have happen to this uh, to this individual, to your boyfriend, to your husband? Do you want him to get counseling? Do you want to see him in jail? And I always want to say to the judge, are, are you kidding me? You know, if they're together, of course it's great because your client is going to be protected by his spouse or loved one. And say, no, I don't want to see him in jail. But oh, if they're yeah, not together, oh, my goodness, you wouldn't believe what they want to do. They want to send him to life in prison. They'd want to send him to the death penalty, my friend, for a misdemeanor case. So you got oh, to be yeah. careful about that. I'm talking. I'm talking about just like murder cases. Like, uh, if it's a murder case, if it's a murder trial, and uh, and the person, you know, murdered uh, somebody's kids, I think they should leave it up to their parents whether they should get the death penalty or not. Well, that that is that is for sure. That you know, if it's a more serious crime, thanks for calling, Corey. If the more serious crime, obviously it's involving more serious punishment. But you get a case like this in Warren where, uh, you know, the guy pleads guilty to it. So it's not really a question whether he did it. It's a question of what should happen to him because he pled basically straight up and we don't have the death penalty. The most that can happen to him, the most that can, no matter how heinous the crime was, no matter how how uh, malice this guy is. The, no matter what, the most she can do is life in prison. And, you know, it comes, it's, uh, what I, what really comes to mind is what the child, what, uh, what the uh, son says is that the thought of saving his mother's life never crossed his mind. He wanted to protect his mother. He said the only thing that did cross his mind was the hor- one horrific act or another. And that is what stays with the family is how bad was the person treated and then killed. Not necessarily the sentence of the defendant. I mean, they want him to be put away, but they always have, they always have that thought of what happened to the loved one. And as they will tell you, and you sit in courts year after year, they say there's no closure in this. It's something you'll carry for the rest of your life. So when you focus on the question, when you want to discuss the question with anybody, your lawyer, your loved one, on the radio, anybody, here's how you can frame it. Are we looking at it from the perspective of the victim's family or are we looking at it from we want to to protect society at large? Because those are two different ways to looking at it. What is the best for society and what what does the victim's family want? Because you might sit there and say, well, you know what, you never know if someone is truly guilty enough especially when they get convicted at a trial, let alone when they, if they plead guilty, it's an easier question. But if someone's convicted at trial, you never know 100% if that person did it. And believe me, when you're sitting there in the chamber and you're watching someone die from a lethal injection and you still have a question whether he did it, 
man, I tell you, that's where death uh, opponents will come right and jump in your face and say, unless you know for sure, you never should kill someone. You never should have that eye for an eye. And there's, of course, other arguments, but that is one of the main reasons. You never know 100%. And there have been, let's face it, there are death penalty projects that come back years later and have the DNA or some type of scientific evidence that'll come back and say, hey, that guy's the wrong guy. They let him out of prison. Can you imagine if that's the case, they get someone put to death and they find out years later he was innocent? Well, that's one of the biggest reasons why opponents jump up and down, scream up and on the sidewalk. Don't take our rights, government, away until we know 100%. Of course, then even even then, many places will say, don't ever kill someone, even if they killed another person. You can join this conversation at 248-848-1130. That's 248-848-1130. We talked about earlier, can a man standing on the side of the road and he is killed, should we have separate penalties because someone ran away? Well, you can be charged with different crimes because you run from a scene, because you take it on yourself to hide from the police. But the question is, not necessarily should be charged with that, but should you be held to a higher standard on the original case? And that's what's going on here in Taylor. Prosecutors are trying to get a warrant against the Taylor officer's crash death. Police expect a four to warrant request of the Wayne County Prosecutor's Office this afternoon to charge a Dearborn man in connection with a hit-and-run crash, and we all saw it on the news, tragic, that killed Taylor Auxiliary Lieutenant Dan Cromer on Tuesday night. A gold Chevrolet Cavalier was damaged to his passenger's side. It was recovered last night from a home on the 34th block of West Point. Three people living in the home were questioned, made statements, and surprise, surprise, one man in his 30s was arrested. I have no doubt, Lieutenant John Blair said, that this is the car. Now, of course, the question is, if that's a car, is that the guy driving the car that they arrested? Hey, don't believe simply because someone's arrested, they're guilty of a crime. Are you trying to tell me that you think someone who's simply arrested by the police is guilty? Oh, man, you better call me right now at 248-848-1130 if you think that just because the police arrested someone that they're guilty of a crime... I'll tell you about 5,000 cases where police would arrest someone, but it's not necessarily the right person. They're investigating. They might be trying to do their job. But you think just because someone's accused of it, just because someone is arrested for it, just because someone is charged with it, they did that crime? Oh, my goodness. Call me, 248-848-1130, and I will tell you about lots of stories where that is not the case. But that's what the lieutenant feels. They have no doubt. They have an original police description of a white Ford Crown Victoria in the 1990s that is supposedly and allegedly the car that killed Cromer, 54, a 20-year veteran of Taylor's Auxiliary Police Department. He was trying to help a stranded motorist on the side of the road, and, of course, car comes in, strikes him, kills him, and he flees. It's the second time a Taylor police officer has been killed in just a couple months. 
So don't take my statement. Don't misuse my statement to say that I think that this man is innocent or that someone who is murdered in this way, because it is a murder, it's a homicide, but it's a murder. Even if it's an accident, it's some kind of homicide on it. It might be negligent homicide. But then the question comes back to our original point. Should someone who ran from this, whoever it is, if it's this guy or another guy they find, should they be punished harder? Should they be held to a different penalty standard because they ran from the crime? Because they didn't stop? I know you might say, well, maybe he didn't know he hit someone. Oh, come on. You've got to be kidding me. It's a pretty rare time where you're driving down the road, you hit a police officer, and you don't know that you hit him. Now, I'm not saying there can't be accidents. I'm not saying that this officer was off the road. I don't know all the facts to it, and that is the problem. We read in the papers what the reporters want to put. We listen to the police on what they say are the facts. But those aren't all the facts. Those are what they want you to know. There's always three sides of the story, my friend, and always remember that when you're dealing with your rights. There's his side, there's your side, and then there's the truth. Oh, I mean, it's just like talking to your kids. There's never, ever just one way it happened. There's always different perspectives. You want to join this conversation, you call me 248-848-1130. Should they be held to a different standard? Should people that don't stand up or don't stay at the scene of some type of crime like this, should they be held to a higher standard? Now, my position is that they should, depending on what happens. They should be penalized if they run and then are convicted. That's my feeling. I've done this for a long time. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have an excuse for it. I was scared. I was frightened. I didn't know what was going on. And there I ran. I was afraid. But I'm saying that if you are in a situation where you know you did something and you run, I'm telling you the judge is going to hold you to a different standard. They're going to punish you differently than if you stayed. Now, as a defense attorney, obviously, we want to represent people on their rights on the crime that was committed. Now, the problem is, if you run, you make it harder. Well, you might you might think you're getting away. But you make it harder because on on the, the charge itself, it's easier because they might not have you. But they're going to charge you with a hit-and-run accident. They're going to charge you with fleeing from the scene. They're going to charge you differently if you run than if you stay. But if you stay, they've got you. So it's a dilemma. I'm not saying it's not a moral dilemma. I'm saying that... The judge is going to punish you differently. You want to talk to me about it, you call 248-848-1130. That's 248-848-1130. Whenever you get charged with a crime, you make sure that you get proper representation. You can call me. You can call any other lawyer. 
you want any advice, you call me at at my hotline at 1-800-7100-LAW. And if we can't help you, believe me, we will make sure that you get the lawyer that's going to help you. But that's what you got to decide. Sometimes it's a question of what is moral, what is right, and what you should do to protect your own interests. Oh, you might say that you can stay there and talk your way out of it, but I promise you, you stay and you're there at the scene of a crime like that, they're going to arrest you and charge you. But if you run, they're going to treat you differently, and that judge is going to blame you. It's a dilemma. Oh, man, it's a moral and legal dilemma, and everybody's got to make choice of it every single day of their life. What should they do? Should they do something that's right? Or what should they do? Should they do something that best serves their interest. Everybody see about those houses that are burned in Detroit? I mean, what is going on? Who's going to be held responsible for that blaze in Detroit that burned for the 20 houses this last week? Are we going to find out if anybody's responsible to it? It gets back to, should that person turn themselves in? Let's say that it's arson. Let's say that someone is responsible for burning one of the houses and it caught fire to 20 houses and now we have this whole millions and millions of dollars of damage, of electrical interruption. 50,000 people lost their power. Would it have been moral and right for the if there's a person who started that fire to stay there and say, I did it, blame me, charge me with the arson, or do they do what was right for them and stay silent? Don't talk about it. We got to protect our own rights. Maybe they won't find me. I mean, what do you think? You call me at two four eight eight four eight eleven thirty. That's two four eight eight four eight eleven thirty. And you tell me, even when you get something like this with these houses and Detroit ablaze with fifty thousand people without power with city property and the lawyers and the government going crazy with power lines down, if someone should have stand stood up and said, yes, I did it, would you do that? Would you stand up? Would you take that moral, righteous stance and say, yeah, I'm going to take my licks? Or would you hide? Would you protect your own butt? What would you do? Would you stand up if you had been that driver who killed that Taylor police officer and said, yes, that's me? Or would you have run and hid and not do anything? You think about that. You think about the morality of it, what's best for society, or what's best for you, and what you would do. You call me at 248-848-1130. 248-848-1130. This is Scott Weinberg on Crime Time Live. Have you or a loved one been arrested or charged with a crime? Do you want to stay out of jail and keep your record clean? Hi, I'm attorney Scott Weinberg, host of Crime Time Live, heard Saturday mornings 11 to 12 noon on 1310 WDTW. Call my office anytime to protect your rights at 1-800-NO-JAIL-1 or go to our website at 1-800-NO-JAIL-1.com. We have payment plans for everyone's budget. There should never be a price on protecting your rights. Call 1-800-NO-JAIL-1 on the number one right now. 